On today's episode of Double Down Trent, it's officially college football season. We are in week zero, I guess you call it, of the Man vs. Model Challenge. We got two games on the docket. We're going to see who's got the better picks this week, the man or the model. And then we are segmenting into the NFL season. We're going to be doing some over-unders for team total wins. We welcome back special reoccurring guest Coulter. We're breaking down the New York Giants, the Denver Broncos, the New York Jets, and then we're doing a random hot fire for five other teams that we think you guys may want to bet on. So a lot happening here in episode 45 of Double Down Trent. Double down Trent, you might want to tune in Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win Pop culture to movies, let's start up the combo Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto Keep it authentic and it's always live So competitive, so you know it's always hype Make sure you subscribe, trust you don't want to miss Going all in here on Double Down Trent Hey, yeah, Double Down Trent, let's go This is Double Down Trent all right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I'm your co-host, as always. Once again, I am joined by my co-host, Aaron, and Air, it's here, my friend. College I can, football. I cannot wait to uh, wipe this shit grin off of my face. I'm just so excited for college football to get going. It's here, man. We're doing man versus model. We are shooting live bullets here it is go time. We've been prepping all summer long, and it is here. We've got actual, real college football coming up on Saturday. How does it make you feel? Do you Are you excited that Villanova and Colgate are kicking things off this year with a 12 o'clock Eastern game on Saturday? Is that what you're going to be looking at? I mean, come on. Those are powerhouses. <laughs> those are powerhouses in college basketball, but they got the, uh, the 1AA slate kicking off on Saturday, so... Good for them. I'm a one double A alum, so I'm all for him. I guess they're now the FCS or FBS. I don't even fucking know. Those things confuse me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing is that at seven o'clock Eastern on Saturday, Florida plays Miami. And then the game later in the day, the other good one that we'll talk about a little bit about Arizona versus Hawaii. So we got football right around the corner, my man. It's here. So before we jump in, we may have some new listeners uh, who may not have participated with us last year. So we were getting the podcast up and running last year. It's our marquee segment. We're calling it Man versus Model. So let's give the listeners a little bit of a background on what exactly we're doing, why we call it this, and how it works. Yeah, so this is a competition that we started running last year. We like competitions. We like going up against each other. We did this for college football, and we did it for college basketball, and now we're bringing it back this year. We are going up against one another, and we are picking games. This year, we are choosing to pick games based on spread. So we are each taking uh, who we think is going to win, given the spread, and we're inviting our listeners to join along. Come join the competition, and we'll call you out each week to see if you can beat the man or the model. Yeah, we invite the listeners to play along. We actually would like to have some people come on and be a guest picker every week, kind of like College Game Day. So if you are interested, hit us up on Twitter, go to the website. So before we uh, actually explain everything as well, we wanted to do some additional housekeeping, as always, of where you guys can find us. Yep. So you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you listen. We're also on Twitter, Double Down Corp, and on Instagram, although I don't think we use it that much at Double Down Trent. 
And the best place you can go for all this stuff is on our website, doubledowntrent.com. Once you get on there, you'll go and you'll see a little tab called man versus model. Click in there and that's where you're going to make your football picks. It takes about 20 seconds. Go on, do it right now. Join us week in, week out, and we'll see how it goes. Yep. And we also got a newsletter. So you can find information on the newsletter on uh, doubledowntrend.com, our website. That way you'll get some alerts right in your inbox every time a new episode drops. Um, so let's also explain why we call it man versus model. So obviously, uh, we've got the two of us here making the picks. You, we refer to as the model. So let's uh, let's let the listeners know why you're called the model. And I know it's not because of your dashing good looks. <laughs> Long hair. Uh, Flowing locks. <laughs> If anyone sees the website, you can see what we're joking about there. Um, yeah, I think it's all just around data. Uh, focus on data-driven decisions, really putting together some models to estimate and predict who I think is going to win each week based on historical data and trying to predict future events. So that's what I'm going to be doing this year uh, in addition to kind of where we're starting with just going based on gut feeling in these initial couple weeks. Uh, The model will be free-flowing starting week four here in college football. Yeah, and I think you're actually selling yourself short. So the the model actually built an algorithm that crunches all this data. I don't think people understand the complexity and the amount of work that you've put into this. It's quite impressive. So uh, this algorithm has propelled you to victories in the past. I'm coming for you, my friend. (laughs) I'm coming for you this year. And that's where I come in. So I'm the man. Okay. I just have a football knowledge. I played it. I watch it. I consume it. I live for football. I'm using my instinct and we're trying to see which one is best. We're not going to go into historical results for obvious (laughs) reasons. AKA the model has beaten me. That's right. That's right. I like that. But it's a new season. It's a new season, my friend. Clean slate. Clean slate, brand new year of picking games. So uh, let's start. Let's go over the games that we are going to be picking, and let's jump right in to the man versus the model. So in what a lot of folks are calling week zero I like of that. college football, week zero. That's yeah. right. It's like the soft launch. The soft opening. Yeah, everyone needs it. All right. So we have two games that we're, we're focused on this week. We're, we have two games that we're asking listeners to pick alongside us. The first game that we alluded to, the early game in the day, 7.30 Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, Miami against Florida. This is at a neutral site. The line that we're seeing right now is Miami plus seven, Florida minus seven. Who, my friend, are you taking in this game? Wait, that's the noon kickoff, correct? That's, that's not 7.30 is it at 7.30? No, both, both games are late. Yeah. Oh man, so that's a bad the, shot by the NCAA. They well, got it mixed up a little. It's early. The noon kickoff you you get is Villanova Colgate, and then 7 p.m. Eastern is this Florida Miami game. Okay. Well, anyway, I was expecting like a traditional Sunday or Saturday where they get college game day right into a big game, but I guess not. Nope. So this is a really good game. Actually, I'm I'm happy this is on the slate here for this opening weekend. Uh, there are two rivals. You know, historical power programs. Florida though is coming in kind of with some high expectations this year. They're what number seven or eight overall coming in the preseason rankings. Yeah. I think depending on where you look seven or eight. Yeah. And I mean, the pressure's on them. They had a pretty good year last year. They beat Michigan uh, in the bowl game. Thumping. Destroyed them. Yeah. Thumping. Destroyed them. So uh, they're bringing back a lot of guys. Felipe Franks coming back as the uh, starting quarterback for them. They've got a lot of transfers, a lot of talent, but a lot of people transferring out there. I think they're just, the program is a, is a hot mess. Having said that, Miami is interesting, 
And for me, you got to look at a guy like Tate Martell, who's got to be just pissed at how things have shaken out in the last six months. So now, Tate, Mar- Tate Martell, just for the listeners. So this was a guy who what was on roster at Ohio State as a yep. quarterback, obviously didn't win the job last year, transferred and then found himself at Florida this year and was in a quarterback battle against so, uh, two other guys. And what happened? He he thought he was going to inherit the job at Ohio State, but then Justin Fields transfers from Georgia. He wins the job at Ohio State. He Tate Martell transfers to Miami, not Florida. So he's in Miami and he thinks he's going to you know take this job in a cakewalk, but he does not win the starting job. So he actually lost it to redshirt freshman Jaron Williams. So he's going to be under center for uh, the Hurricanes here. I'm always torn when you've got rivals playing each other. And I know they're not traditional rivals, but they're in-state rivals. These programs have a history against each other. They really don't like each other. I think Florida is going to ultimately win this game, but I'm taking the Hurricanes and the points, baby. Ooh. I do. Man. (laughs) I do not like that pick whatsoever. Okay. All right. So I'm going the exact opposite. I'm actually going to (laughs) take Florida minus seven. Okay. Uh, I actually think Florida is going to show up and play a much better game than what people think. Now I know a lot of people have talked about how Florida has already gotten some injuries in their secondary. Uh, there's one of their, uh, I don't know if it's a cornerback or a DB, uh, CJ McWilliams is injured and I think gone for the year. And they're talking about how that might have an impact on this game. I think the overall talent of just Florida will prevail. I think they're going to end up coming in. Uh, I think they're going to have Jaron Williams under pressure. And I think that they're going to win by plenty more than seven here. So I don't, I'm not even sweating this one. I already like that. I'm ahead of you in this competition or what I expect (laughs) to be. And I'm not even looking back at this point. Yeah. I mean, listen, I I don't know. I, I, my, my reasoning for picking Miami here is I think it's going to be a slow start for Florida. I don't think either of these teams are going to come out and like be clicking on offense here, even though Florida has got a high powered offense, I think is going to be a little bit of a tough sled uh, in the first half. Maybe they pull ahead, Second half, but Miami, I think they've got enough to kind of hang around and keep it close. So that's why I'm taking seven. It's a touchdown. Obviously, that's a big, uh, big point difference. I've done a lot of research courtesy of the model. Uh, when you see spreads like this with rivals and, uh, you know, teams that are kind of closely ranked, I tend to take the points here. So that's my logic behind Miami. We're already on differing sides week one or week zero, I should say. So nothing's changed since last year. <laughs> I like it. All right. The second game that we have on the docket this week. Uh, we already alluded to it. Hawaii is home against Arizona, Pac-12 team. Now, the line that we're seeing on this game is Hawaii is the underdog by 11 points. Arizona favored by 11 points. And based on what we have going in the spreadsheet right here, it looks like we are on the same page. Who, who you got on this one? Yep. Um, I am not big on Arizona. Um, for whatever reason, I'm just not a believer in their their team. I'm also, this is all historical for me too. I'm always used to Hawaii just being this like run and shoot June Jones as the head coach, even though he's long gone, but they've consistently been one of those high powered offenses. So I think Hawaii's got enough firepower here, uh, for them to put up a lot of points and kind of hang around. I just said seven was a lot of points. Well, 11 is fucking even more points. So, uh, I'm taking Hawaii. Their quarterback is, is pretty legit. So, uh, Cole McDonald, let me just give you a Quick little stats on him last year. Come on. Uh, more than more than 3,800 yards, 36 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. So pretty good year. He's coming back. I'm taking Hawaii in the points, man. 
All right. I like that pick, obviously, because I'm going the same route. I think it'll be interesting. So Arizona's quarterback, Khalil Tate, was a fringe Heisman candidate, not last year, but two years ago when he was a sophomore. I would love to see them play well again, even though I think Hawaii will end up keeping this closer than people think. As I was going through and doing some research on this, since my model isn't live, one of the things that stood out to me last year was Arizona Wildcats were just such such an up and down team. Yeah. Um, so, for example, I was shocked to see that they absolutely pummeled Oregon, who was ranked in the top 25 at that at that time. They pummeled them 45 to 44 to 15. But on the other breath, that was toward the end of the season. They lost to folks like BYU, to Houston. Uh, USC, UCLA. So they had some not so great losses as well. Some of these games were close, but to me, it just seemed like a tumultuous season with some ups and downs. Um, I'm expecting kind of what you uh, alluded to in the Florida Miami game that Arizona will start slow. Um, I would love to see Hawaii kind of run and gun, do their fast offense, Cole McDonald, a great quarterback that you already alluded to. So I'm going to be rooting alongside you here. I'm taking Hawaii with the points plus plus 11. I also didn't realize Kevin Sumlin was the coach of Arizona. Oh yeah. He's been there for a couple of years. I'm just not a believer in him. I think he got away at Texas Tech, which is having very talented teams, but they never really kind of delivered and came through. I think that's kind of a Kevin Sumlin, like that sums him up perfectly. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, listeners, Please double down Trent.com. You'll go on, you'll see the man versus model tab. You click on there. You can make your picks. We're just asking for a username that we can uh, refer to you by on the podcast as we share standings across the whole season. Uh, it takes about 15 seconds. Go on, do that, and come along for the ride and see if you can beat the man or the model. Yeah. I don't think you'll I don't think you'll beat either of us. Is that right? I don't either. Uh, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. Now, let me ask you this. Are any of these lines attractive enough for you to wager? I will admit I have something down already on this Miami, Florida game. <laughs> Man, I love it. <laughs> so not only are we going against each other in a pick, you've got some juice on the line. I do. So the line has the, the line opened at Florida minus seven and a half. And um, what I'm seeing now is that the line based on where you're looking is kind of back to seven and a half. Um, Now it's juiced on the opposite side. Um, But what I did, so maybe a week or two ago, I actually took Florida at minus seven straight up. um, And I even got them at better odds than minus 110. So I kind of timed it pretty nicely, but I'm going to be shooting for Florida to win by more than seven, both in this competition and in my uh, bankroll. All right, man. That's uh, that's good. So soft opening week zero in the books. We're going to be uh, really ramping up next week over the Labor Day weekend with all kinds of games. And then we are fast and furious uh, coming up after that. So um, come along, pick with us. See you guys do and uh, stick around for our second segment of the podcast where we're going to be doing NFL over unders for some team wins. So stick around for that segment coming up. All right, for our next segment, we are continuing to look at some fun NFL bets. We're going to be covering it during the season. Uh, We are going to be doing over-under team wins. So we've got the model still on the line, and we are welcoming back reoccurring guest, Coulter. Coulter, how you doing, my man? Doing great. Thank you guys so much for having me on this, uh, this segment. I'm pumped to talk about the NFL. 
Yeah, we got a lot going on. Model, I know uh, we covered NCAA. Are you also an expert in the NFL realm? I would like to say I am, but I uh, find that hard to believe. I'm still reveling that football is starting, and I'm ready to get into these over-unders and see how we do. Yeah, man. So we're going to highlight a few teams uh, in depth, ones we've got some connections to, obviously, and then some others we think uh, the listeners uh, may be interested in. And then we're going to kind of rapid fire, go through some of the other ones. There is some value out here, folks. So we're going to highlight everything. Uh, Mr. Model, why don't you walk us through uh, who we're covering and who we're going to start on? All right. So we have five that we have uh, queued up to spend a little more time on here at the beginning. And then we're going to do a rapid fire session of another five at the end. The first one, the one that we're all knowing is going to be heading to the Super Bowl this year. Our New York football giants are having an over under of six. And I'm curious to get you guys' take as to where we think they're, they're going to go here. Yeah. I, of course, these, this is my team. We've talked about the Mad Nauseum. <laughs> We've gone over the draft, my instant reaction yeah, we, take. We were, we were worried about Daniel Jones, and sure enough, he ended up at six. <laughs> yep. I mean, we, we covered it. We like predicted that that was almost going to happen. I've come to terms with it. I've actually watched both the preseason games, not in entirety because I'm not a psychopath, but uh, I've seen Danny Dimes, as we're calling him, and I got to say, he looks better than I thought he was going to look. He's looking great. And, I, I, you know, this guy, he didn't play with a single player in his time at Duke that's on an NFL team. Yeah. I'm just going to – I'm going to leave that there and just – that's it. I mean, what else do you need to say? He didn't play with a lot of talent. Now he's playing with NFL caliber guys. Let's see what he can do. It's funny for me because I was at the point when they drafted him, I was like, this is going to be a train wreck. So now I've come full circle being like, when's Danny going to start a game? <laughs> well, I think you and every Giants fan out there are thinking think, think that. And that's a huge variable with betting this over under. So the total six and uh, Vegas is giving you a little juice on the over, or I should say giving you a little value on the over with plus 110. So what do you think about that? Yeah, plus 110 is is intriguing because, you know, if you had a gun to my head before the preseason started, I was going to say, like, Giants would go at best six wins. So they're going to go, you know. Hammer the, hammer, hammer the under before we saw Joe. Yeah, and I was going to nail that. But now I'm, I'm on fence. Like, I could honestly see them uh, sneaking out a win or two or not. So, um, Model, can you – do you have the Giants schedule pulled up? Yeah, so if I just give you a couple of their early games and you let me know if you want more. So they're at Dallas on week one. It's always a fucking loss. I hate that we start the season with Dallas every fucking year in Dallas. See, see, I don't know. I think my key note for the Giants and why there's value on the over is it's an unstable division. You have Jason Garrett's one of the worst coaches in football. You add in the Zeke Elliott factor. Then you add in the Redskins. They have a, a potential rookie quarterback coming in for Case Keenum. Their situation's terrible. And then you have the best team in the division is the Eagles. We'll get to them in a sec, but I mean, the Carson Wentz thing, the injury, what if he goes down with an injury? It could be anybody's division. You don't know. We don't that's know. That's true. No, that's a fair point. It's, it's always up in the air in the NFC. And it's, I was going to say, and that's history says that anybody can win it. And it, yeah, it's a slugfest throughout the year. So yeah. Uh, my, my worry though, is uh, we're going to be starting Eli and Pat Schirmer's come out basically saying that it's John Mara's decision, the owner of the giants, and he seems handcuffed. So <laughs> You got along when the owner is telling the coach what to do. Uh, dude, that, that's what I don't understand. Like, it's fucking, this team has been just kind of a shit show in the past couple of years. Have the Giants become the Mets of football? Oh, God. 
Oh, don't go there. That's they're, horrible. They're on the fringe. But my my worry with this line is I, I don't know how like what, what we're going to get out of Eli and how long they're going to ride Eli. But it seems like from everything I'm hearing and reading that the locker room seems to have changed. And I, I don't want to unfairly just put that on Odell and Landon Collins because I, I love both those players. Um, but it seems like everyone's buying in. I think the defense is going to be improved. They're going to be starting DeAndre Baker at corner. They're going to be starting Dexter Lawrence on the line. I'm still a little concerned about the pass rush, but man, I'm surprised this line isn't like five and a half or six and a half because that could, that could sway things for me. But if it's over six at plus one ten, I'm, I might gamble here and say the giants might win seven games. <laughs> You know, I think there is value on the over because it really comes down to when Jones comes in. Because if you think about it, if he comes in week four, five, or six, that gives him enough time to get comfortable, just like Baker Mayfield was last year with the team, where, yeah, those first couple weeks might be rocky and the, the Giants might be looking at two and six and you might be thinking, why the hell did I take the over? But as he grows more comfortable in that role as the starting quarterback, the you know big man in charge, They'll start winning games in November and December, and they could catch fire just like Cleveland did last year. I think Cleveland went over their win total with Baker Mayfield. So. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that's actually a really good analogy, and that's my biggest hang-up on them is I don't know when, and but I never course, thought I would say this. Yeah, I never thought – if Eli hangs around too much, it's that could be the problem. Yeah, and I just don't know what he's got left. So, but the other reason why I think this is interesting too is because Saquon Barkley has a chance to become like a freak of fucking nature. And we've seen in the past where the most dominant running back on a team has carried a team to levels that they shouldn't have been to. So I can see him maybe and giving to, them a win or two that they didn't deserve. And to the quarterback point, uh, why not jumpstart this? This is the future is Jones and Barkley. Why are we going to wait with Eli Manning? You only have four to five years with Barkley in the prime of his career on a rookie contract. Maximize, maximize, maximize. I don't know what they're waiting for. Hell, I'd start doing week one at this point. I wouldn't wait for tomorrow. I'd say, let's go with the rookie. I mean, this is the team, most importantly here, and this is why I'd pick the under, and I'd recommend betting the, or betting the over, I should say, is this is a team that has absolutely zero incentive to tank. They have their quarterback of the future. They do not want Tua. They do not want uh, the kid from Oregon, Hebert. This is a team that wants to win, and they want to compete. And quite frankly, they're going to be motivated in December to beat some of these divisional teams, even if they're not in the playoff hunt. They're going to want to beat Dallas. They're going to want to beat Philly. And they can definitely beat Washington. That's a bad team. Let's go, baby. I, mean, I feel like I found the most optimistic Giants fans around right here. I'm like, <laughs> well, I mean, ah. do you want me to throw some cold water on that? Because I, I would bet the over, but there's the points on the under would be Dallas's defense could be best in the league this year. They have three guys who are in the top 10 for defensive player of the year odds in uh, Jalen Smith, uh, Van Der Esch, and Demarcus Lawrence. So clearly Vegas feels that this is a defensive juggernaut in down in Dallas and they might not have their best player. So they're going to lean heavy on that D early on. And then the other big one is we just talked about it. Pat Shermer clearly seems like he doesn't have a spine if he's deferring to the damn owner of the team to make the biggest decision of the season. And he was awful in Cleveland awful last year in New York. Is he a good coach? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think so. Mr. Model, what do you got, man? Well, I was going to say, at what point do you think that there's going to be a transition of leadership here from Eli to Daniel Jones, where you want to bring Jones in, give him some actual playing time and some experience, and you can't imagine that he's gonna you're gonna get the same results from him. So I could see them doing that later in the season and losing a couple of games that you were hopeful that they would win and actually coming in under here. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, I, I can easily see a world where they're, you know, five and 
11, five and, you know, something like that. But, uh, you know, it's just the optimist in me. I want to root for the giants. I want them to do a little better, but it's, it's really going to come down to that. I think the first couple of weeks, if Eli is like mediocre and we're losing these games, I don't think they're going to bench him unless he's just God awful. I think it also is like the NFL has to be trending towards more mobile quarterbacks. And that's why they took Jones. Manning is a sitting duck in the pocket. You can blitz him and know he's not going to get out of that. So if you're a defensive coordinator, pin your ears back and go right after him. Why not? You know, the arm strength isn't what it used to be. You know that the offensive line isn't great. You know, his targets aren't great this year. So if it's Eli Manning as the Giants starting quarterback, I'm blitzing play after play after play after play until he beats me. And he's yeah. not going to beat you very often, at least in my opinion. Yeah. So, Mr. Mono, I take it you're taking the under? So, I am. I am going to go against you guys here. I'm going to go Giants under six. I, real, we'll I, I do wish there was a half point there. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it isn't fun to have the six. I, yeah. think Vegas, I think Vegas actually nails this. I think they're a six and ten. I, I agree. Uh, okay. Our next team of interest here is the Denver Broncos. And now, Coulter, you're a big Broncos fan. Aaron, you are a Denver local so what's Look the line for- on Denver? Uh, and I think I'm the uh, biggest fan of the Joe Flacco beard. Uh, I hope that lasts for sure. All right. So currently what we're seeing right now is we're seeing Denver over seven at a normal minus 110. Who do you guys like in for this? Coulter, I'll let you take this away, man, as the resident Broncos fan. Yeah. So I uh, everything I listed off for the Broncos actually had me picking the over here and Vegas seems that there's no real value. So I'll just take the over on my own team and hope for the best. Uh, similar to the Giants, unstable division. You have John Gruden, Antonio Brown and the mess that's in Oakland. We're going to get to that in a second. Uh, not to keep teasing ahead, but I mean, this is an unstable division. You have the Chargers. James is hurt now for what? Six to eight weeks. He's their best defensive player without him. What does that defense look like? Gordon is holding out and uh, newsflash, the Chargers don't have a fan base. I can't emphasize that enough. That is not a away game for the Broncos. It just isn't. We are at home in LA. There's more Broncos fans than, than Chargers fans. So that's a huge upside. And then third, the Broncos play Kansas City really well. That's the toughest team in the division. So be it. We played them as hard as any other team last year in both games, gave them every single inch of our team. And I love the way the Broncos played the Chiefs last year. I got to think that they can build off of that, and I, I just love them against the division. I think people are overrating the division so, so hard, and the, the Broncos are the second toughest schedule in the league according to the NFL rankings. I don't believe it. I think it's skewed because of the division, and most importantly, coaching change. We have upgraded from the league's worst coach, Vance Joseph. <laughs> I, you're going you're gonna to hear this a couple times on this podcast. We're going to get to him in Arizona in a second. League's worst coach to the league's best defensive coordinator. The guy who was named best coordinator last year, won the award, is now our head coach. And the defense looked good on Monday night. Vic Vangio made Jimmy G look like Jimmy Joker. Oh, I love. Hot take. Love, love the Denver defense. Hate the AFC West. I have to take the over. I think that there's uh, there's like teams like Tennessee and Denver that are kind of sitting in this middling seven, seven and a half win range that could surprise people. Uh, and teams like the Chargers and um, there's one other one in the AFC, the Ravens, we'll get to them in a second too, that could be disappointing. So I think the Ravens and Chargers go down. Those are two playoff teams from last year. I think teams like Tennessee and Denver, two of the best defensive teams in the AFC, could rise. Yeah, I think that defense with Vic Vangio is, is, could be scary. I mean, you've already got a nasty pass rush. Now you mix in a really good defensive mind. It really opens up the possibilities. So 
correct me if I'm wrong. Was the game against the Chiefs last year? Uh, was that the one where uh, Mahomes, Mahomes had that left-handed throw to basically save the game? Broke our heart, and then uh, yeah, Keenum overthrew Thomas. Yep, on the that's Game-winning right. drive, and we lost. Yeah, it was a brutal Monday night game. But that's again, right. I, the Broncos never played hard under Vance Joseph. They only played hard in those two games. I mean, his two-year tenure as our head coach. There wasn't a single game that that team played hard other than those two Kansas City games. I have to think that that mentality holds over now we have a new coach, if not enhances. I think they want to beat Kansas City. They don't want you. They don't want to be Pat Mahomes' bitch for the next 10 years. You think, <laughs> Va, you think Von Miller wants to be drinking that guy's Gatorade? No way. No way. And I love I, it. I, I love it about the team. They do not want to let Kansas City become the new dynamo of that. The, the Broncos won five straight division championships with Peyton Manning. They don't want to see Kansas City do that. Yeah, and you nailed the Chargers, man. I'm I'm very down on the Chargers. They like you said, there's no presence that stadium whatsoever. It's a Denver home game. It's everyone's team's home game, but the Chargers. So uh, and take and, advantage of it now. I mean, talking yeah. about betting a team's under. This team is going to have a new stadium soon. The, the opportunity value is declining on here. Like it's not going to be here forever. Bet the Chargers under. They do not have home games. Yeah, it, it's wild. Um, I like Flacco coming in. I like some of the additions you guys have made. I, I think this is a team that could sneak out some games and be better than they are. I'm taking the over here as well. I don't know if it's uh, with, with minus 110, if that's enough juice for me to actually bet that. But I do like the I, over. I, I really – it's funny. I pulled it up on Movado beforehand, and I was hoping that there would be a little bit more of a shift. Yeah. There would be value on the over because I really don't think anybody believes in this team. I was listening to the uh, Cousin Sal podcast on the Ringer yesterday, and one of his guests had the Broncos being the worst team in the league. They, he thought they'd oh. pick number one in the draft next year. So this is a team that a lot of people are out on. I was just in Colorado last weekend for a wedding. People are soft on them. They don't think they're very good. People want to see the Nuggets and Avalanche out there. They don't care about the Broncos right now. So this is a team that's sneaking under the radar, I think, even in their own home city. Here, as the resident local, how do you feel? Uh, that's fighting words. That's fighting words for sure. But I actually think that they're pretty true. So based on what I'm hearing, it's all non-Bronco information. I don't think there's a whole lot of news that is coming out. So it actually doesn't shock me that that sentiment is being seen across the U.S. And um, I would actually uh, go against you guys here as well. I'm going to take the under seven wow. for Denver. And I'm purely looking at their schedule and just kind of doing some gut estimates to see who yeah. I think they're going to be and and who I think they're going to lose to. Um, Coulter, I appreciate you alluded to the schedule being one of the harder ones uh, based on other people's opinions this year. I think that's true. They have a ton of games against what I think are really good teams. Uh, Chicago Bears, Packers. That's a win. Um, that's a win. <laughs> Coming to mile high week two is a win. Uh, Just because of I don't think so. I think because the Broncos are 33 and five in September home games. I think that well, that's why it's a win that you can't it, history. History is history. This team <laughs> wins at home in September period. But I will say to, uh, to throw cold water on the uh, overtake as I did with the giants, the Broncos have the worst left tackle in football. I think Garrett Bowles is terrible. And if Khalil Mack goes up against him week two, it could become a really bad game. But with that said, the bears offense doesn't scare me. I think we can win that game. 13, 10 easy. Interesting. Well, Aaron, you're fading us uh, two times in a row here. So we're going to keep this going on here or what? I'm not, I'm not sure. We'll see how the next one goes too. All right. Who's our next team on the board? So moving on to the next one is the one that we're all kind of rooting for. Arizona, <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> with uh, our boy Cliff Kingsbury as the new head coach. 
Um, right now, they are pegged at over five, heavily juiced at minus 155. What are you guys taking here? Are you taking over five or under five? That, to me, is wild because this, this team is one of the most fascinating teams, I think, in a long time with Kingsbury and Kyler Murray paired together. Nobody knows what to expect. I mean, it, it's just kind of an unprecedented situation where you're pairing these two like elite college lines and athletes coming together. That's not happened in the NFL before. Going into the preseason, okay, I was high on these guys. I thought they were going to be innovative, come out firing, and just put on a show for people. And granted, it's just the preseason, but I watched the game against the Raiders. And I don't think the Raiders are a good team, but they absolutely confused the shit out of Arizona's offense and made them look pedestrian. I'm concerned. Their offensive line is terrible. Obviously, they got David Johnson. They still have Larry Fitz. Like, they've got the weapons there. But if you don't have a good offensive line— it's really hard to win. I think there's going to be a lot of learning curves. That's not to say that there won't be flashes of brilliance here. Um, I'm going to take the under on this, man. I'm going to go with they're going to go 4-12 and 12 and just kind of take some beatings with some flashes of brilliance. Coulter, yeah, you, got, you got a take this on this? The, this is the supreme value. I can't believe Bovada even has plus 125 on the, no, on the uh, under here. I love it. I, I think this is the worst team uh, in the NFC, you know, they play the Lions who in the first week who are the second worst team in the NFC by my rankings. Uh, that game is going to be ugly and the Cardinals could win that. And then that puts a lot of stress on under betters. It really does. I don't love the fact that they open up against the Lions because that really could be a win. However, let's run through this. This is the league's worst defense. They have four of their six cornerbacks that are on their roster have not played more than 50 snaps. And that's oh. not because of rookies. That's because they are street free agents. And as I already alluded to <laughs> on our second team with the Broncos, Vance Joseph is the Cardinals defensive coordinator. This guy can't cut a paper bag. He stinks. The Raiders were beating him 26-0. You watched it on Thursday night. I mean, the Raiders ran up and down the field on this guy's defense. He sucks. The Dolphins defense when he was a coordinator was 29th in the league. He ran the Broncos defense into the ground, a defense that won the Super Bowl three years ago. This guy should not be in the NFL. He is the face of what is insidious about the NFL and the coaching carousel. He should not be a coordinator. He should not have a job. Arizona's management and coaching and everything involved, everybody involved in that management should be ashamed that they picked this guy out. Kingsbury is a head coach. He was 33, he was 13 and 35 against the Big Ten if you take out games against Kansas. Big 12, I should say. He's an awful head coach. He got fired, fired from Texas Tech. This is the worst coaching duo, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator in the league. This is a team that is going to face every team on their schedule. Every other opposing coach is going to want to make Cliff Kingsbury in that funky, renegade, futuristic offense. They're going to want to pummel him. They're going to want to punish that offense. And guess who they're going to be punishing? As Ryan alluded to, the worst offensive line in football <laughs> and a 5-7 quarterback. He is 5-7. Mark that down. He is a short little midget. He is not 5-10, as they said at the, at the uh, combine. This guy is short as hell. He is not 5-10. They are lying about his size. Defenses are going to uh, pummel this offense. And opposing coaches, are that will be the most motivated every coach will be against playing Arizona. That will be their highest motivated game to beat Cliff Kingsbury. I guarantee it. I, get, I guarantee every coach has circled that one and been like, I want to prove this fucker is out of his element. Coaches yeah. don't work from college in the NFL. Saban couldn't do it. If Cliff Kingsbury can do it in the NFL, 
I don't know football. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that we're having this on air because I want that soundbite to be literally extracted. <laughs> Arizona is good with Cliff, under Cliff Kingsbury. I will eat worms because I just don't see it. Wow. It got real. It got real, real fast. And let's put a little bit more on there, too. Toughest division in football, arguably. Rams went to the Super Bowl last year. This is, I mean, Sean McVay is going to run up the score on Vance Joseph's pathetic defense. I know the Niners looked bad the other night, but you have to think that they're better with Garoppolo. And then, hello, Russell Wilson. He has the most touchdown passes over the last two years combined of any quarterback. This guy could win the MVP this year, for all we know. That's a good team in Seattle, underrated. I, I don't see many wins on Arizona's schedule. I guess the only cold shower take on the over again is they play the Lions week one. They play the Ravens week two. They could get some wins early on in this season. They play the Bengals in week five. I mean, Jesus Christ, the NFL gave them a very favorable schedule. That's probably why Vegas thinks it's going over. And I would be doing ourselves, our listeners, and this podcast a major disservice if we didn't interject the soundbite from Sergio Dip on ESPN Monday night talking about there is Vance Joseph on the sideline having the time of his life. We're putting that sound bite in. <laughs> oh, man, Sergio. That was a fun night. That was, that really, was wild. That was the high point of the Vance Joseph era. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Model, you faded us before. What are you doing on this one? I'm in. I'm in. I'm going to join you guys. I'm going to go along and take the under here for Arizona, even though it's highly juiced at minus 155. But I can't see a three-win team last year getting to better than they were by two wins, if not more. Uh, so I'm going to go along and root against the Arizona Cardinals, even though they're an exciting team to root for. The, 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 juice, the juice is the juice. good on the under, right? No, no. The ju- yeah, I was going to say that you have to pay the juice. Sorry. The o- yes. Over. You get the yeah. value on the under. That's why I love this one. Sorry. I, I can't yes. Believe, I can't believe Vegas has. That's the only reason why I would stay away from it is what does Vegas know? Why are they offering us plus 125 on this under? I'm a little suspicious there. It has to be the schedule, I think. It has yeah. to be the fact that they open with the Lions. They have games against the Giants. Niners might not be as good as people think they are. They have the Bucks. They have the Browns at home. I mean, these are somehow they have the one of the easier schedules in the NFL. But I still just don't see it. I I, I think opposing coaches are going to come into Arizona and they're going to want to light that pathetic defense up and beat that offensive line to hell. Yeah, I agree. And All right, who's our next quarterback? Yeah, tiny quarterback. They showed him next to Cliff Kingsbury, and I was like, that guy. That's not a good look. <laughs> No, he's, he's small. so small. Not to mention he has baseball too. You have no one's talking about this. This his baseball career is out there still. It's not like it's like a non-existent career. That's true. He's drafted. Drafted by the the Athletics. Um, okay, nice. moving on. Who's our next team? All right, so the next team we got is going to be another absolute powerhouse this year. We are talking New York Football Jets. They are currently over under a set at seven and a half, and that is slightly juiced. The over is slightly juiced at minus one twenty. What are you guys thinking with our Jets? This is interesting. I know we got a lot of listeners who are Jets fans. Uh, we, uh, you know, in the tri-state area, they're an intriguing team this year. They've always kind of been the younger, the, the younger brother compared to the Giants. But I think it's going to be interesting this year. I mean, obviously, they're going to have more wins than the Giants. Uh, you got Sam Darnold in year two. I think he, you know, had his moments of brilliance last year. He flashed some signs uh, that I think are encouraging. I love their draft pick with Quinn and Williams. You pair him uh, with the big cat, uh, Leonard Williams, I believe is his name. So oh, yeah. their defensive line is is going to be really good. Uh, obviously, they bring in Le'Veon Bell, which I think is the most interesting, kind of controversial person to watch this season. He, he could sway this team either way. And I, I don't know if he's going to be a good addition for them, uh, but it's intriguing. 
I think that it's funny that New York has the league's two biggest X factors both reside in New York. Daniel Jones could give the Giants seven wins if he starts at the right time. I truly believe that. And Bell could make the Jets a playoff team if he's as good as he was in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Such variables, though. If he's inefficient, if he averages three yards per carry, they're probably going to be a six-win team. That's the thing. And he's the guy that's that's my swing guy for the Jets because, I mean, I, th- I think you're going to see a good progression from Darnold. He's, he's a legitimate quarterback. You know, Robbie Anderson is kind of an underrated wide receiver. I think he's a really good player. Um, it's just going to be – I think everything rides here on Le'Veon Bell. If he's going to come out and try and prove everyone that he made the right decision and he still has fresh legs, then, you know, this is an easy over. But he's such a wild card in my opinion that I think you got to really pay attention to this line here and watch this one. I'm picking the over here. I, I think they're going to go eight and eight. Uh, I think they might be flirting with the wild card spot here. But I mean, th- the big thing is too that division is a joke. The Dolphins suck. I think the Bills. You never know what the Bills. I mean, they got a second every, quarterback. Every snap will be a roulette win spiel, uh, roulette win spin with Josh Allen this year. You really yeah. do not. You don't know what you're getting every single play with that guy. It could be a touchdown a 50 yard run it could be a 50 yard sack for all we know yep and the jets always play the patriots close they, they always either you know sneak out a win get a surprise win against the patriots or always close with them so i could see them stealing a game against them i think being in that division really helps them so i'm going to take the over here i had the exact same point but similar to the broncos the jets play the best team in their division very 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 hard this is not a team that wants to see tom brady win his 20th division title this is a team that always, always plays New England very tough, especially at home. Got to love that factor. You mentioned Bell. How about Jamal Adams? I think he's the best player, best yeah. defensive player in the league. Here's he's some nasty. sketchy stuff. Why can't you bet Jamal Adams on Bovada for defensive MVP? He is one Ooh. of the best defensive players in the league, and you don't have odds on him. That I mean, is bizarre. Am I missing something here? Maybe because he's a safety and safeties don't win that that uh, very often. But I mean, man, oh, man, this guy is a hell of a player. This guy is an absolute dominant safety, as good as I've ever seen, quite frankly. And I think you mentioned the D line. That could be a great defense. Greg Williams is calling the plays. Yep. I got to go. I got to go over here too. to your points. Uh, they play the Bills, Dolphins, easy schedule. They have the 30 easiest in the league. And quite frankly, there's one team and one team only that has been dropped on their Regular season win total three plus games this year. Can you name the team that's dropped three they, games from, from what they were last year? Where they won? Hmm. Would the Texans be one? No, it's Miami. They won seven games. Vegas is saying they're going to win four this year. Adam Gase is worth three wins according to Vegas. <laughs> Focus on that point. I'm not. It's not a laughing matter. That is a huge, huge point. Three wins for a coach. Vegas is telling you that this guy is worth three wins. He is a good coach. He was in Denver. When he was the offense coordinator with Manning. This guy knows how to coach. Dolphins were a terrible, terrible team last year. If you look at their roster, dearth of talent all over the place. They ended up with seven wins. This guy knows how to coach. The Jets will be competitive. If you want to stay away from the over, take the uh, odds on them making the playoffs. I think it's two to one. I love that value. Wow, how about that? Also, you got to respect Adam Gase, preseason game, just ripping smelling salts before the game. What a <laughs> yeah, psycho. He- yeah, he's a psycho, and you've got Williams who's a psycho. I mean, that that would be the cold water yeah. take on the over is that the, they're they're too psychotic. Their coaches are too wild because yeah. you've got Williams and Gase. But I kind of like psychos in football, quite frankly. <laughs> Love that. All right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in here and say not so fast, my friends. I'm gonna go against you guys yet again. I'm gonna take the under here. I'm gonna go under seven and a half, and. 
I'm just going to read to you the first seven games that these guys play this year, and I want you to tell me if you think they're going to win or lose. We're only going to look at the first seven. All right, let's hear it. They're home against Buffalo. That's a win. They are home against Cleveland. Can't can't tell me that's a win. Yeah, that's probably going to be a loss. They are away at New England. I say that's a loss. Okay, so oh, you one- know what? They do play New England twice early on. That's, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. So they're one and two. They are away at Philly in week four. That's tough. that's a loss. So now they're one and three. They're home against Dallas. I like that as a win. That's I think that's a win, win too. <laughs> that's a win. MetLife late that's that's definitely a primetime game too. You know the Cowboys at, at MetLife, that's gonna be a four o'clock start, not a yeah. one o'clock start. I love Jets playing at four o'clock at home. I love that situation. All right. So, Jets so all day. That, that's where we'll acknowledge that we disagree. So you're saying they're two and three. I'm saying they're one and four. Then they are home against New England. I think they win one of those New England games. No, no chance. They, they win one of those two home games against the Cowboys or Patriots, I think. And yeah. then, but hold on, the schedule does get softer. Let's it does. keep going. Let's it keep does. going because it, it, well, it gets it gets softer, bro. I think my point is that I could very much see them going one and six or two and five out of their first seven games. And then you're telling me that they have to go, you know, five wins out of 10 games the rest of the year. Um, I don't, I don't love the fact that this is a seven and a half. I mean, if I was in Las Vegas right now, I wouldn't bet on the jets seven and a half over. I would take the, uh, as I said, the, make the playoff bet is I think it's two to one or if not two fifty. I mean, that, that's good value. If you love the jets, just take that and hope that they are some sort of weird darling team, you know, but yeah, but, the, the, the half, the half is definitely tough. And you guys are exactly right. So just to kind of cruise through the rest of the schedule, there are Jacksonville, Miami, uh, are probably two easier games, New York giants, Washington Redskins, easier games, Oakland, oh, yeah. Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. so you're definitely getting to a easy yeah. cushy spot where I could see them rattling off some wins there, but I'm hopeful that the, the rails will be already gone and they'll just be, uh, you know, in the fetal position by that point. Yeah. They're a team to watch. So, uh, they're, they're also a team that we should mention though, again, similar to New York the other New York team, not motivated or not uh, motivated to lose or tank. This is yep. a team that has their quarterback. They have a ton of defensive pieces. They want to win, 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 win. They don't want to pick number one. They don't want to be in the top five. Yeah, excellent point. All right, who's our uh, last big team that we're going to be previewing? That last one that we're talking about is the (laughs) Oakland Raiders. Last year in Oakland before they go to Vegas. They are currently, oh yeah, they're currently pegged at over six uh, at plus 115. Do you guys like Oakland over six or under six? What do you got? I'm actually surprised a quick note on the line here, because I'm surprised that hard knocks uh, them being on the show. Hasn't given them like a, a boost. Like I always get overhyped watching hard knocks. I'm like, man, these guys are kind of good. These players look really nice. And you like, you get sucked up in the hard knocks. Um, Happened I, with the ba- the Bengals a couple years ago. Yep. Right? Yep. <laughs> I thought the Bengals were going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it happens all the time. I mean, I'm interested to see what Gruden still got. I mean, last year, obviously you knew they were going to suck. I just think though, with this whole Antonio Brown thing, he might not even fucking play. He, he's such a head case that he might sit uh, out the whole season. I don't think he wants to play football anymore. I think he's reached the point in his career. Where he'd rather be a movie star. So whatever he wants to do, which is yeah. fine with me, I'm so happy he's in the division because if that's, if he wants to go be a, if he wants to go make Shazam two and be Shaquille O'Neal, <laughs> by, by all means, Antonio, go right ahead. I'd love nothing more. God, we follow that. 
we should we should do the schedule game with them though. Broncos, okay. Chiefs, Vikings, Colts, Bears, Packers, Texans. They're 0 7 by by count. What do they win in those yeah. games? And that's before yeah. it even gets hard. That's before they have to go on the road. They have a stretch of their schedule where they're not at home for seven straight weeks. They have to play in London and they have three road games and a bye, and they have to go back on the road. This is a nightmare schedule. Hardest in the NFL. I'm going under. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting too. We've talked about teams, that, you know, the Giants, the, the Jets, they want to win now. I actually can see the Raiders tanking, not necessarily for a yes. quarterback per se, yes. but maybe. They have a win lose. They are a lose, 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 lose mentality. Yeah. In I mean, if they're going to be moving to Vegas, uh, you know, yeah. what better way to start Vegas Tua. than you drafting Tua? Yeah, exactly. Could and not I mean, agree. They made they made some smart picks in the draft. They reach, I think, a little bit for uh, Clellan Farrell, but he's a good player. They're, that safety, uh, Adams, I believe is his name, he's nasty too. Um, their defense is good, but I'm going under here. There, there's just no way they're winning more than six games. And I'm going to join you guys. I'm also going to go under here. I don't have anything else to add other than what you guys said. I'm just going to say they're going to go out of Oakland with a whimper, and it will drastically change next year when they're in Vegas. Yeah, I, I mean, this is, this is a team that it, it remains to be seen, but, like, what is their home crowd going to be like? We talked about the Chargers. I mean, hell, if you're an Oakland Raider fan, why would you want to go out to the last year of the stadium? It's like you're watching a carcass, basically. Not to mention you've got Antonio Brown as a total – Diva. I mean, yeah. I'm an Oakland Raider fan. I'm not exactly thrilled with the way this is going. They're going to have six starters uh, that are rookies. I mean, this is a young team. Carr is a bottom 10 quarterback, in my opinion. And how can they compete with the Chiefs uh, on offense? I mean, the Chiefs are going to blow them out of the water both times they play them. I, yeah. I just don't see it. And I'm actually really – I thought your point about Antonio Brown is really interesting because I could, I could see a way where – he just remains on like the injured list. Like his feet still are, are fucked up, but he just doesn't play a game. So that way he still gets paid his contract. And just, I, I, I think this is all manipulated by him. I think he's not, I don't I would, I wish there was a bet like an over under of how many games can, Antonio can Brown would play. play yeah. yeah. Because I don't think he's going to play a game this year. So wow. that's me. That's Kate. That's you Kate. Wanna, well, hold on, hold on. Let's not move on for a second. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's play that out. Okay. So you give me some odds or let me give you some odds. Okay. Yeah. So you want to say Antonio Brown plays one game this year and I'll give you like, it's well, gotta be, let, let's set the line at one and a half. Okay. One and a half. Yeah. All right. And you, you, you're the model. So you come up with the, the numbers here and then we'll, we'll, we'll make a bet on that one. <laughs> All right. Let me come back to you and we'll see if I, uh, We'll see if I can give you some odds and we'll record that for next next session. Okay, sounds good. So those are the five teams that we did a deep dive on. We're going to do a little bit more of a rapid fire style here with uh, the the remaining teams here that we want to cover. Some teams we think that are interesting. So, uh, Mr. Model, would you kick us off here on the rapid fire teams? Sure. Number one, we're going New England over 11 is currently pegged at minus 140. <sighs> Coulter, what do yeah, you got? This one is, uh, there's been uh, four teams that have been bet up since they, these numbers have been released. These are the four teams, Patriots, Eagles, Bills, Browns. The Pats were originally 10 and a half. They're now at 11. Everybody loves them. Wise guys and the public. Joes and pros are both all over the New England number. I have to join everybody as well. I mean, you just don't see this team. How can they win 10 games? And the division's terrible. The schedule is the 30 or fourth easiest in football again somehow. Matt Lacoste, former Bronco tight end, he's going to replace Gronk and probably be a superstar with Tom Brady and make me go crazy. Josh Gordon is back. They've got plenty of running backs. James White, Sony Michelle. I like the kid out of Alabama, Harris. He's got fresh legs, not really used. Run the ball, take the clock, let Brady win games in the fourth quarter, play good defense with Belichick. 
this is an 11 win team. Yeah. It's easy. I mean, they might not go over 11. They'll probably 11 and five, but man, you can't bet the under. I agree. I can see them being 12 and four. You, you just outlined everything. They got a ton of weapons. They got Belichick. They still got Brady. Their defense is still pretty solid. I, I mean, I can see them easily being 11 and five, but I'm probably going to go 12 and four here. I'm taking the over. And I think the only question mark for me is just the health of Brady. Can he stay healthy all year? I think he's been incredibly lucky in his career, albeit with the knee injury. Um, to me, if he does stay healthy, they are definitely an 11 win team. So I am not disagreeing with you guys. I'm on board for over 11. All right. it's, not that much, it's not that much juice either. I mean, 140 is, I mean, we're yeah. going to get to the Eagles in a second. I mean, the Eagles are like the Titanic there. I mean, that's crazy <laughs> juice. Yeah. So let's keep moving. So the next one that we have is Jacksonville over eight. Uh, oh, here we go. At plus 105. Are you guys on Jacksonville over or Jacksonville under? My favorite, my favorite bet of the entire preseason is Jaguars under. I've already bet it 50 bucks. I, I'm already locked in. Like Bovada. that. I'm going head to head with Bovada on this one. I think this is the worst team in the NFL. Uh, here's my reasonings. Nick Foles, if he gets injured at any point, this team is a train wreck. Uh, this team has a great defense. Yeah, they also have got lost guys. They lost Malik Jackson. Their middle linebacker literally retired. They have lost a safety. They're not the same team that we saw two years ago in New England. Jalen Ramsey is the biggest head case in the NFL. The media likes to paint Odell Beckham as this lightning rod. No, Ramsey. This guy is going to be talking trash immediately if this offense isn't producing. If, if Fournette runs like he did last year and Foles regresses, which he will because it's not Philadelphia, it's a new team, this offense could be just as bad as it was with Blake Bortles, the defense, the infighting. I don't trust their head coach. I think Doug Marone, 15 to one first coach fired is great. I think Jaguars 25 to one with the worst record in the NFL is great value as well. Bet under, I cannot believe that Vegas has this at eight. I, I just do not <laughs> see it. I, I, am I taking crazy pills here or what? I mean, <laughs> Fournette is one of the most overrated players I've ever seen play. He was terrible in college. He talked about, we were talking about Antonio Brown, not being interested in playing. This guy, I've never watched a game with Leonard Fournette where I thought he looked like he wanted to be playing. He checked out of games at LSU, and guess what? He's been checking out of games in the NFL as well. He's a mental midget. How about that? Some hot takes. I'm, uh, I'm with you. I picked uh, Marone to be the first coach fired. I don't think they're going to be a good team. I don't believe in Nick Foles. I'm going the under. I think this is an easy under. I think, too, Chiefs, Texans, Titans, Broncos, Panthers, Saints, Another team that can go 0-6. I know that sounds ridiculous, but Tennessee plays the Jaguars just as good as any team. That could be a win. And the Bron- in Denver week four, I know the, uh, the model is fading the Broncos, but, man, that's an easy win for the Broncos, in my opinion. Nick Foles is not coming into mile high and beating that defense. There's just no way that's happening, in my opinion. Saints are going to blow them out of the water. Panthers are better than them. Maybe they'll beat Houston, but that's an on-the-road game, and I think Houston's going to need it after they play the Saints in Week 1. They're going to be 0-1. They're going to badly need that win at home. I see them at 0-6 to start the season, and that is when the volcano erupts. <laughs> All right, Model, who you got? All right, I will go along with you guys for this one. I You talked me into Jacksonville under. Um, I will take them under 8 and see how that goes. All right, next one we have. We have Houston, which is pegged at over 8.5 plus 130. Do you like Houston over or under eight? And I will uh, give my answer away. I have Bill O'Brien as the first coach coach fired. I do not think they're going to have a great year. I think they're going to be under eight and a half. Okay. I'm always up and down on these guys. I don't love the AFC South. I think that's, that gives them some advantages, especially if uh, Andrew Luck is, is more injured than they're leading on. 
I, I just, this is like a perfect line because I can see them going right over that, but I'm going to join you here. I'm, I'm going under here. Yeah. I'm, I'm also with you guys as well. This is why it's rapid fire. Houston was a nine win team. So the bears, Texans, Titans were all bet down from when they were originally uh, posted these numbers. This is a nine win team. That's now at eight and a half. The uh, obviously the big is one sixty on that under Vegas is telling you something. And that is that this team is probably going to win less than eight and a half games. Uh, offensive line woes continue in tech in Houston. Lamar Miller. Is there a more unwanted fantasy player ever, ever nope. existed in the NFL? Over I hate Miller? him. <laughs> you know, J- J- Devon Clowney is potentially going to be traded. Uh, the secondary has some question marks. Kareem Jackson's now in Denver. He was their best corner. Uh, JJ Watt is not the same player he used to be. And uh, Duke Johnson is newly acquired. Is he really going to help this team on the fly like that? I, I don't trust it. And most importantly, model hit it best. They have the worst coach in football. I cannot stand Brian. <laughs> I hate this guy. And quite frankly, the owner will have to fire him because uh, he's ruining Deshaun Watson's uh, excellent career. He's literally throwing it down the toilet. All right. So I, I have a scenario to throw at you, Coulter. You are an NFL owner and you have to choose a head coach. You have two options. <laughs> Doug, Doug Marone or Bill O'Brien? No, no. you get Bill O'Brien or Vance Joseph. Who are you oh, going with? Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien's <laughs> been there. Bill O'Brien's been there for 11 years. He's won the division three or four times. Yeah, they had a home game last year in the playoffs. Come on. I mean, he's bad. I can't stand him, and I want to bet against him. I can't wait to bet against him this year. He's like the ultimate bet against coach, him and Garrett. Garrett is so bad, too, by the way. I should, yeah. I, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Bill O'Brien definitely over Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph should not be in the NFL. Bill O'Brien <laughs> at least should be a coordinator somewhere, I think. Okay, let's keep moving. Let's go to our Philadelphia Eagles for the next one. They're currently set at over nine and a half, highly juiced at minus 180. Uh, Do you guys like Philadelphia over or under nine and a half games? I'm not touching that line just because of the the action on it. What in the big is that? Yeah, I mean, and I just don't see a way where they're they're under. So, I mean, I'm going to take the over for the Eagles here, but I'm not going to bet that in the slightest. Yeah, this is a classic. Vegas is giving you the nine and a half number because of the Wentz injury speculation and his health and all the other injuries that they've suffered at that position. I think they've lost both their backups now. Uh, I know they picked up Josh McCown, who's fine as a backup, I guess. But I mean, it's just not a great position in terms of health right now for Philadelphia. But they're nine and a half, yet they're the fifth favorite team to win the Super Bowl. So Vegas clearly thinks this is one of the five best teams in the NFL. And the VIG says that as well. If I had to bet it, I'd guess I bet the over, but I mean, I would definitely not want to drink that juice. That is significant. I totally agree with both of you guys. I think a lot of these lines have already been bet where the value is probably long gone. So I agree with you guys. I would take the over nine and a half here, but I'm certainly not going anywhere near that minus 180. All right. The last one we have for rapid fire is our Baltimore Orioles. Just kidding. (laughs) We got Baltimore over eight and a half. Plus 105. Who do you guys got for Baltimore here? This is an interesting one in my book here. I can see this going either way here, but that division to me sucks. I mean, I, everyone's big on the Browns, but who knows what you're getting with the Browns? The Steelers, you know, you still got Big Ben, but they don't have they don't have Antonio. They don't have Le'Veon. I, I, you know, you to expect from the Steelers and the Bengals fucking suck. Let's be honest. They're brutal. So that that's two wins. You can just add to them. This is going to be really close. Um, I, yeah. I'm gonna take the over here. And you know, something about Harbaugh, the the you know, the Ravens are a scrappy team. I really do like Lamar Jackson. I think he's gonna make a lot of opportunities, both running and throwing. I think he's a little underrated as a passer. You give him another year in that system. Uh I, I'm gonna say that they win nine games here. 
I like the model. Uh, you asked him to come up with odds on the Antonio Brown one and a half games played. I want an over under, or I want somehow to figure out the Browns play the Ravens twice this year. I want the Browns in one of those games. What are the odds that they beat the Browns or beat the Ravens by more than 25 points? That's Whoa. the bet I would want. I think, Bra- I think at one of these two games, the Browns are going to blow out the Ravens and it's not even going to be funny. I think the Ravens are the definition of a team that literally cannot come back when they're down 14 nothing. How does Lamar Jackson score points when he's losing by more than 10 points? This is a team I would not want to bet on the spread at any point this season in any game because if they go down, it is going to be ugly. But to Ryan's point, they do have a soft schedule. That number is too large, though, at 8.5. If it was 7.5, I'd go over. 8.5, I'm going under. Harbaugh was going to be fired last year. Let's not forget about that. I mean, yeah. he's and I'm going to point out one other thing. I brought this up with Nick Foles. If he goes down, the Jaguar season's in the tank. Lamar Jackson is running 20 plus times uh, a game. His backup is Robert Griffin the third. He's awful. And <laughs> his, Robert Griffin's backup is Trace McSorley. If Tim Tebow could make it in the NFL, I'm going to let you know one thing. One thing right now: Trace McSorley ain't making it in the NFL either. I mean, I can't believe that this guy got drafted. I mean, Tebow was. A playoff-winning quarterback, Trace McSorley. Uh, I can't even believe he's on a roster. It makes me sick <laughs> to my stomach to even think about it. It's only because the Ravens have this cockamamie offense where they have a running quarterback. I don't buy it. Oh, under. I'm gonna. I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna go along with culture here. I'm gonna take the Ravens under eight and a half. So, Casley, you're by yourself. Ooh, baby. It should be also noted they have a ton of rookie receivers. I don't buy rookie receivers. Yeah. DK, DK Metcalf in Seattle. He's a bust. I think the guy, uh, the guy that they took it from Oklahoma, the Browns nephew. Brown. Yeah, I don't, I don't buy that at all. I think that that offense could be really bad. I mean, Mark Ingram. What if Mark Ingram gets hurt? They're, yeah. they're relying on Gus Edwards to be their best offensive player for 16 weeks. Are you kidding me? I want nothing to do with that over. I've just talked myself into the under hard there. I was going to say you almost, you almost talked me into it. I might have to reconsider <laughs> that. <laughs> I also I mean, think I, that de- that defense is not as good as it once was. They lost Suggs, who's the heart of it. I mean, yeah. who, who's on that defense anymore? Honestly, Mosley's in New know. York, uh, Weddle's in L.A. They've lost all their best players. Yeah, I love I love Baker Mayfield to exploit those guys. I mean, obviously, a lot of these things are contingent on injuries and people staying healthy. But yeah, I mean, who knows with Baltimore? So, all right. All right. Well, I just want to loop back with you because I came up with odds for the Antonio Brown. Oh, baby! All right, yeah. right here. So my odds that I'm going to offer you. So Antonio Brown plays more than one and a half games. I'm putting at minus 300, which is right around 75%. And I'm going to say Antonio Brown plays less than one and a half games this year. I'm going to put at plus 250, which is right around 29%. So there's some slight juice. 250, you've got to give me some better action than that. You want? Yeah. (laughs) Ryan, I'll give you you your bet. Over- under receptions for Antonio Brown is 105. What? Right now and run, 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 <laughs> bet, bet, bet. Are, are you serious? <laughs> yes, it's on Bovada. I'm looking right at it. Oh, I'll make it that bet for sure. 105 receptions. If you don't think this guy's no playing, fuck way. Bet I'm making that, that under bet. hard. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely making that bet. All right, Mr. Model, come back to me with some better odds for next week, and then I'll reconsider that bet. Roger that. All right, gentlemen, it was an honor and a pleasure. I think we've got some great content. If you guys want to bet along with us, you certainly can play along at DoubleDownTrent.com. We'll see everybody next week on Double Down Trent.